Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Well, if ever there was a time you needed to know the latest on mortgages and real estate, it's now. Luckily, we have a couple of guys here that know what they're talking about. Paul Rushforth, Paul Rushforth Real Estate, Frank Napolitano, MortgageBrokersOttawa.com. Good morning, gentlemen. Buongiorno. Oh, you're talking about us, Steve. I thought you were talking about somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome we to us. Welcome yeah. to the last day of winter, gentlemen. Is it the last day of winter? Spring tomorrow. It is. Spring tomorrow. Nice. nice. Well, we've obviously the weather has been beautiful over the last couple of days. I mean, the, the one day they were at 14 or 15 or 16 degrees, whatever it was, was beautiful. I was outside in a t-shirt and I was getting a suntan. Yeah. It awesome. It was wonderful. Little <clears throat> little sloppy out there today, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, now we wouldn't know, Paul. We wouldn't know. We're still we're still at home do, doing the show. For God's sakes! I know. I know. It's been two years. Uh, now. Hopefully soon. Two years. That, two years ago. That, it's the one hundred and second show, boys. That is wow. that is a lot of money saved on my end. So oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> what are you doing with the time and money you're saving? <laughs> <laughs> certainly can't buy a house. That's for sure. Oh man, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how people are doing it. I was taking a look at the the cost of just rent alone. How do you get ahead when you're paying so much for rent? It's it's not even it's not even rent and it's not even housing. It's everything now. Like you go to a gas station, you go to a grocery store, you go to the pharmacy. Prices are up on everything. It's absolutely crazy. Like I went to the grocery store the other day. It was just for my son and I. And my, my son's 13 years old and it was like $400. I'm like, what? why is grocery so expensive? Everything is just skyrocketing right now. It's crazy. But you talk about the rents and the housing prices and that. Yeah, I mean, right now... For three, two or three years ago, you could have rented a townhome in suburbia for anywhere between fourteen to maybe a max of sixteen hundred dollars a month. Now, if you can find something under two thousand, you're a steal of the deal. It's just that the, the rental prices are through the roof. The sale prices are through the roof too. I mean, I was telling you guys just before coming on, we put a house on the market the other day that at three ninety nine ended up selling it at five sixty five, and it's like two years ago that was half that price. It's just. It, it, things are just going crazy right now. It's absolutely nuts. You know what the average rent is? That's expensive. It, the average rent in Manhattan now thirty seven hundred a month. That's yeah. the average for an apartment. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, is gas expensive? I, I don't know. I haven't been there uh, for a while. One sixty five. You and okay. your electric car, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, times like this. Times like this. I wish I had an electric car. I can tell you, I timing to, is perfect. The timing to, was I, perfect. I used to fill my my vehicle up for eighty five dollars. The other day I went, it was one thirty six. I was like, holy curly. And they've <laughs> come down. It's, it's come down a little bit. It was even worse. has it come down a little bit? It was bit? worse yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Hey, yeah, wait till the liberals get in the new, new provincial election there, Frank. Then your electricity bills will go up. <laughs> oof, oof. Speaking of, I mean, uh, big week coming up for us, the Mortgage Professionals of Canada. We're going to have our guest, uh, a special guest next week, Paul Taylor, who's been on our show before, the CEO and President of Mortgage Professionals Canada, because this week we are uh, doing our parliament visit. So we, we are meeting with MPs from across the country uh, in total, we have 85 visits already planned for this week where we're going to sit with that, uh, down with some of the MPs and we're going to discuss some of the things that we think Canadians really want moving forward. And, uh, you know, this isn't about, an, uh, we had a conference call yesterday and one of the agents said, well, this isn't fair. And it's like, no, no, hang on a second. I said, this isn't about us. This is about Canadians. Remember, we're going in there to give them our advice on what they should be doing. And, and you know, one of the very first things is, 
30-year amortization for first-time home buyers. Let them get that 30-year amortization. I mean, chances are they're not going to be in that house for 30 years anyway. So on their next home, if they want to re-amortize it for less, that's up to them, but they'll have a significant down payment. But at least open the door for young Canadians or first-time home buyers to be able to get in on 30-year amortization. Uh, so So we got three main points. The other one that's really interesting is... You know, right now, you know that the qualifying rate is five and a quarter percent. But what we've seen this week, and again, it's been done very slowly and very methodically. I haven't seen any news where interest rates have gone up, yet they've skyrocketed again this week. And they've done it very quietly, almost on a daily basis. We were getting notices saying that fixed rates are going up another 10 basis points. So this week alone, fixed rates went up 35 basis points this week alone with most of the lenders very quietly on a almost everyday basis, just small increments. So now, you know, if you're lucky, you're getting a five, like I think we have one lender that might be close to the 3%, like a 295 or 298. Most lenders today and most banks, uh, you know, one of the big banks yesterday sent us their rate sheet last night. Of course, they send it to us at 6.30 at nighttime saying the rates are changing, but their rates are up to 379 for a five-year fixed. So huge, huge difference from a year ago. But what's interesting about it is that the rule of thumb, you know, we have to use the qualifying rate, which is five and a quarter. But we we really, because rates have been so low, we haven't had to use the other aspect of that, which is the higher of qualifying rate or the contract rate that the client gets plus 2%. So in this case now, we actually have to qualify people at 5.79% instead of 5.25%. So even the qualifying has gotten tougher this week alone. Yeah, what's the reason for all these increases, Frank? Well, the bond markets have gone up. There's some uncertainty, obviously, with everything that's happening in the world. Inflation is the biggest reason. Let's call it spade a spade. The fact that everything has gone up the way it has. The feds in the U.S. raised their prime rate by a quarter percent. And so that was expected. What was a surprise to many was the verbiage that came after it. They think, or at least they predicted, that if inflation continues at the pace it's at right now, they will raise prime rate another six additional times this year. Just this year, another one and a half percentage points. Just this year, they're going to raise it. So, uh, again, that had the markets, the bond markets trending upwards. And as a result of that, we've seen that fixed rates have gone up almost on a daily basis this week, which I haven't seen ever in my career. So what does that mean for Canada? Does that mean our prime is going to go up that much as well? No question that April, our next meeting is uh, coming up in two weeks, uh, Bank of Canada meeting. No question that a quarter point's in the bag already. So it, Prime is coming up a quarter point. The question is, is it's coming up a half a point? We think, we still think they're going to do the quarter point because I think they're also starting to realize that with the prices of everything else going up, they are teetering on potential damage control down the road because again, our economy is going to start to fail and therefore the R word is going to come into play and that's what they're trying to avoid. So I think they got to do it very carefully. I think the quarter point is the way to go and we're hoping that's the way they're going to go for sure. And these increases take what, about six months before you really notice them? Well, I think you notice them right away if you're in a variable rate mortgage, obviously, because your variable rate mortgage is going to go quarter point. And that's the thing that's kept us busiest over the last two weeks is clients that are in variable that have absolutely hit a home run over the last two years being in a variable you know some of them are at prime minus 1.2 so you know i say to them but the prime rate's now at 2.7 you're at one and a half percent you want to lock in now you're three and a half percent you want to give up two percentage points go for it but for prime rate to go up two percentage points 
I don't see it. Like at this point, you are committed to a variable. Just stick with the variable and just write it out. If you, if you want to protect yourself, if, if you're getting nervous about payments, then in, if you were prepared to lock in at three and a half, I would say never mind locking in at three and a half. Just set your payments as if you're at three and a half. And now every single increment that uh, Prime goes up a quarter point moving forward, you'll you'll be uh, in a position where it won't impact your payments. You're already set up with your payments. What would two points cost on an average mortgage? Well, again, it all depends on the amount of your mortgage, but, you know, two percentage points. I mean, we said every quarter is about 10 bucks or 12 bucks on a hundred. So, you know, if you're looking at a $500,000 mortgage, you're looking at, uh, what are you looking at? 60 bucks for every quarter percent on, uh, on a six. So two points, you multiply that by eight and all of a sudden you're at, uh, what do you got? 500 bucks a month more. So pretty significant. That's a lot. That is a that's on a $500,000 mortgage though, right? So that's a bigger mortgage. I mean, not everybody's sitting with that big of a mortgage. So No, but you said your average mortgage is 400000 these days. So yeah, 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 but that's the average, right? I mean, again, there's some people that, out there, the, the people that have purchased the last two years, if they're first-time home buyers, they're probably at five, six 600000 for their average mortgage. But anybody that's on the home for five, six, seven years, a lot of them that we're seeing are in the twos and threes. That's where their average mortgage is, so. Paul, you think you're going to start noticing a difference in your business now as rates go up? We already are. I mean, it's, it's, it has pushed some buyers out of the game. And it's also pushed some buyers quickly into the game again, uh, knowing that rates are going to go up even more. But it's, it's I mean, like Frank said, as they, as they go up, it's a, it's a big impact on your mortgage and your, and your payment. So it's, it will impact for sure. Right now, what we're seeing is more people bustling into the market because of the, the uh, risk of rising rates. And that's pretty much what the, the common theme is right now. And but we also, have, we also have a lot of people that were kind of like right on the fence of being able to afford something and now can no longer afford it. So it's like they're, they're out of the game now, So it's, which is a shame because now they're back into the rental game, which they were trying to get into the purchase game. So it's, it's damaging either way, to be honest with you. And this isn't an Ottawa issue. So, so let's get that clear. Like this isn't all about Ottawa. This is across the country, like almost, and Alberta right now is going through a huge spike because all of a sudden Alberta, is is a destination for investors to buy investment properties because obviously that market has been depressed for the last two or three years and there's some good values but now you know speaking to one of my brokers who's uh who works out of uh, alberta she's saying the real estate market's starting to go crazy just like it is in ontario it just took a little while for it to happen but now it's happening there as well yeah i think we're going to see a bit of a bubble here don't you think with interest rates going up everybody clamoring to get into the market now the question is are there properties to buy and we'll find that out when we come back 521 talk 521 8255 we return to open house the real estate and mortgage show on news talk 580 CFRA. 521 Talk 521 8255 to the phones we go. Say hello to Ron in Ottawa South. Hello, Ron. Good morning, laddies. Uh, I was just reading the TD Bank poll and they said 50% of first time home buyers are concerned about affordability. 50% don't even have a budget. And you'll be happy with this, Frank. Only 25% have spoken to a mortgage broker. Hmm. So with the houses at 800000 and I need 10% down payment for a young person. Who's got 80000 cash? You do. Dad does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Bank of Mummy and Daddy. Paul, yeah. how many well, are Bank of Mummy? But then qualifying. Qualifying is tough, too. Like, all of a sudden, you're qualifying for $720,000 mortgage. And, you know, for, for a young couple, 
Yeah, for a young couple who's just you know at the at the beginning of their careers, their incomes aren't aren't you know they're not there yet. I mean, they're just starting. I mean, it's going to take them some time. So you know, to qualify for that much of a mortgage, you you need to have a combined income in the one hundred and fifty range. And there's not a lot of young couples that are quite no. there yet. So what do they no. do? They wait. Mommy and daddy. Yeah, mommy and daddy uh, either co-sign or guarantee it for them. Now, again, I mean, in a lot of cases, you know, what I find is that those those couples can afford it. So, you know, because we're having to qualify them at the higher rate, it's obviously much tougher. But you know, when you do the actual math to it, now it's now it used to be there was a time when a couple of years ago, you know, if you compared the rent to the mortgage payment, it was fairly similar and it made sense to buy. Now you have to accept the fact that, you know, your rent where you are for a similar house is actually less than what your mortgage payment is. So you've got to put out a little bit more. But if you're, you know, if if you do the budget and a lot of times the budget that I'll work with is what their net pay is. Like, listen, working with their gross pay doesn't work because that's not what goes in their bank account. What goes in their bank account every second week is what we work with. And from there, we figure out whether they'll still be able to comfortably live the lifestyle that they want because if you're going to move into a house buy it and all of a sudden give up everything that you guys love because you can't afford it anymore and it's going to make you miserable then you got to ask the question is it worthwhile to buy a house at this point or do we just got to wait it out a little longer i spent a lot of my career in south america and what they do there when the daughter gets married the father will buy the house and keep the title and the son-in-law and daughter would pay them back uh, if they don't pay them back, well, the father still has the house. Have you heard that in Ottawa area? Paul, are, well, you, that's planning Paul, thing. Paul, are you planning on doing that? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, I've already told my kids, you're, you're lucky I have lots of rentals, so you can move into one of those. So, <laughs> yeah. But, but that's, that, that is very common. I mean, that, well, I wouldn't say it's very common, but I have heard of that, Ron, where, you know, the parent buys the house, they own the house. The only problem is, is, What's the difference between that and renting for the kids? You know what I mean? Like they're not, they don't own the house. Maybe the father will leave it to them later on, but, um, but they don't own the house. They're not owning anything. So they're not getting ahead. And that's the biggest problem. But I agree with you. Once the house is paid for, then the parents will hand over the house to the kids. Yeah, but then there's tax implications, right? What I would do in that case, I would say, you know, I do the title with the kids on title and uh, just make sure that you you always uh, register the mortgage. If you're buying, now again, if you're making the payments, that's different. But if they're paying you rent, and you need to figure it out, right? From a tax perspective, maybe it doesn't make sense for you to buy it and them to pay you rent because now you got rental income and now you're dealing with that. Maybe it makes more sense to add them onto the title, make yourself, and again, a good conversation to have with your lawyer to see where the tax advantages would be. But you know, figure out how you want the ownership planned. And still be there for them, allow them to get into it, but but knowing that they can't do it on their own and they still need you to be able to move forward. Now, would you add both on title or just your own kid? <laughs> Depends what you need to qualify. At the end of the day, it always comes down to what do you need to qualify? And if you need both on title to qualify, then you need to do both. Now, what lawyers are doing is they're putting percentages on ownership on the deed itself. They're actually putting what the percentages is. So those could be amended I just warn everybody, when it comes to the mortgage, if there's three names on the mortgage, there is no one person's responsible for 50%, the other two are 25. That's not the way it works. When it comes to a mortgage, you are equally responsible for the entire mortgage together. There is no percentages. You can do it internally, do percentages, but as far as the lender's concerned, you're uh, you're equally responsible for it. But on title, 
your lawyer can can prepare title with different percentages based on how you want to structure it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ron. Oh, you're Boy, it's going to get more, more and more complicated as people get more creative, right? In the next couple of years, they have to. Like, yeah. like Paul, Paul's going to see it. You, you, you're going to start. To, I, I truly believe, Paul, you're going to start to see friends buying houses together, two couples buying houses together, just to be able to get into the home ownership because they can't do it on their own, and it still makes more sense than renting. And it's a way to get further ahead. I think we're going to start to see that. We're going to see families buy houses together. You're going to see parents getting involved with the kids and buying a house together. We're going to see all of that moving forward because that's what's happened in other centers where the prices have gone crazy like they have here. And that's why that's why we're seeing the bigger homes becoming popular again because a lot of families are moving in together. You know, mom and dad are moving in with kids or kids are moving in with mom and dad or two families are moving in together. We're seeing that a lot. Um, well, I'm not going to say a lot, but a lot more than we, we should be seeing it. But you're right. I mean, probably one of the biggest questions I get almost every day is, how are my kids ever going to be able to afford a home in this market? And they're right. I mean, I, I'm thinking about my kids too. How's my kids ever going to afford a house in this market? They're not. They're not. They're going to have to come to the bank of mommy and daddy. And that's why I think you said, what was it, about 35% Frank, of mortgages have mom and dad attached to them? Was that you who said that? Or was well, that right now, 35% of mortgages in Canada there is some assistance from a family member because yeah. they can't do it on their own. Well, and that number is just going to go up. That's but that number is just going to continue to go up. I mean, if we look five years ago, that number was probably in the teens. And all of a sudden, just in a five-year period, it's gone into the 30s. Do not be surprised if another five years from now, we're into the 50s. We're into the majority of, of people are getting help. Now, again, there's a lot of generational wealth. There's a lot more generational wealth today than there was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And the other interesting thing that we're seeing is that a lot of the parents are saying, well, my kids are going to get the money anyway. Why not help them while I'm alive? Why not help them get into the housing now? So I'm going to leave it with them anyway. Why not start now? So again, I mean, we're just seeing that that shift, that change. I mean, everybody's having uh, just to change their mentality about what they want to do moving forward. Where are we at for baby boomers moving out? Well, they don't. It's so hard. It's it's hard. Yeah, I like it's hard. And I, but aren't more and more of them now going to rely on that money for their retirement? Like, isn't there a time where they're going to get out of the house and start to rent and maybe cash in on some of that equity? Yeah, it's too expensive to rent. You ask most of them, and they'll tell you, like, I, I don't want to rent a townhouse for twenty five hundred when I have this house with no mortgage on it. Uh, why do I want to do that for? And you know, the the ones that want to cash out, I think, on the equity, are, are, it's different, right? If they're just barely making ends meet right now on their pensions, then I think it makes sense to do it. But if they're not, I'm 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 sure Paul's going to see a lot more uh, potential uh, older people now saying, you know what? I can't believe my house is worth eight hundred thousand. I never in my life imagined that. Maybe it is worth it to sell it now and, and see if I can find something else, especially if they don't want to maintain a house anymore. We see, well, that, that's it. We do see a lot of people who are becoming into snowbirds, right? So what they're doing is they're actually selling their house. So they don't have to maintain the house. They're getting a rental, taking the equity and actually either buying something down south or just keeping the equity for something you know down the road. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of people that are doing that now too. They're cashing out. Uh, and going into the rental game, even though it is super expensive to rent, but you're not worrying about your windows and your roofs and your foundation and all this crap. That's someone else's problem. And I, we do see that. That's starting to become quite common as, as the house, housing prices start to rise. But for snowbirds, what's what's your take on, you know, sell the house, get a condo, and then fly south? You've still got the investment and you've still got equity. Well, or move in with your kids or move in with your kids for the for the six months that you're going to be here. Uh, what's also no, I think we're going to see that. What's also popular is cottages. So snowbirds, like this is what I'm going to do when I'm, 
when I'm old like you, Steve. I am going to. I, I, I'm going to actually. I'm going to actually sell my house. My winter months are going to be spent down south, and my summer months are going to be spent at my cottage in Constance Bay, and um, that's what I'm going to be doing. So we're seeing a lot of a lot of people doing that too. They just have a cottage for the summertime, and then they're flying down south for the wintertime. And and if they're not renting, they're staying at the cottage. Very few people really want to have ownership in the city when it when it comes to uh, when they become a snowbird for sure. Why is it you call it a cottage, Paul? Why don't, why don't you just say my house in Constant? Uh, yeah, your second house. <laughs> well, that's actually my first house because it's actually nicer than the house I'm living in. <laughs> hey, how's the water doing there, by the way, before we go to break? Well, so far, so good. It's still frozen, right? So it's, uh, it's, but you know, interestingly enough, there's no, you can't get insurance up there, right? Flood insurance. Yeah. No one, no one has flood insurance up there, which is, which is scary for some people who are right on that water. At least I'm built back a little bit and higher, but, uh, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be an okay year, though, from what they're saying, as long as we, yeah, it feels like it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope. 521 talk, 521 8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth. All right, Paul, I'm a little concerned about interest rates. I want to get into a house. Will I find anything? Well, you know what's funny is, I mean, last week was probably not a week we want to use as a barometer because of March break. And I think we saw, you know, our our new listings by week was actually down last week. Uh, Average sale price was about equal and uh, sold properties actually increased. But there's 1,082 homes on the market, uh, which is similar to where we were last week. Um, I, I think what's happening, though, is especially during March break, a lot of people held off. Um, putting their house on the market, knowing that, listen, no one's been away for two and a half years or two years, right? So people wanted to get away this March break. So I like, just by taking a look at Facebook, I was like, everybody was away. So I think it was a slower week last week, last week, mainly because of March break. But I think you're going to see the market start to flood with listings coming up. Uh, as soon as March breaks over. When I say flood, I mean... I was just going to ask. <laughs> I, when I say flood, I mean not typically the way it's flooded, but it's there. I think the listings are going to start hitting the market at a more feverish pace. Um, I know our listings are starting to pick up as well, but we had a lot of consumers, a lot of clients sir, that, uh, that said last week, I don't want to hit during March break. And we're like, we agree. And there's a couple that actually did hit. And my agents called me. and was like, it's been on the market for a day. We've had two showings. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of... In a normal market, but yeah, it's, it's mainly because there's so many people away. And I think next year, I'm sorry, next week, it's just going to really pick up and be robust. I think March break is kind of that mental barrier, right? As soon as that's over, then you're saying, all right, there's nothing else that I have to worry about. Let's get the house rolling. And, and I think now with interest rates going up, March break being over, weather getting nicer, it's the perfect case scenario. I think we're going to see a lot more listings than we did last year at this time. It is, and usually Easter is right after, but this year Easter's, uh, you know, quite a ways away. I mean, Easter's the third weekend of April, so I think that uh, normally, you know, we have the March break, and a couple of weeks later is Easter, so that's that lull, and then after Easter it opens up. I think it's going to happen before that because Easter's so far away. Yeah. I do too. I think, I, I honestly think as of Monday, I think we're going to start seeing listings hitting the market. Uh, you know, not what we're used to, but I think it's going to might be a little bit better than last year and potentially the year before. I mean, with masks coming off and the world really starting to open up and, and become normal again, uh, it's, it's like the, the perfect, storm, per, perfect storm. And I think that we will see a very good start to our spring market next week, uh, even though we've already you know, gone through a part of our spring market. I've always said, you know, January 10th is the start of our spring market. 
Um, and now we're going to start seeing people who believe like this is the start of our spring market and start to hit the hit the uh, the market running. Are so. we going to get the listings though? Like there still seems to be that hang up of people wanting to list their home for some reason. Well, there's tons of people that want to list their home. The problem is trying to find a home to buy. And that's the biggest issue. I mean, when we're working with people that are, uh, that have to buy and sell, first thing I say to them is let's not even worry about your listing. Let's worry about what we can find that you're going to have to buy. And probably now more than any time in history, the house that you buy may not be your perfect house. It's just, you know what I mean? Like it's, you don't have a lot of time to be choosy. You don't have a lot of time to shop around. You don't have a lot of time to say, okay, I'll tell you what, that one's nice. I'll keep it on the back burner, but I'm going to move on to a couple more. It's gone. You know, sometimes it's gone. And we used to go over the last probably month, most of the listings were no conveyance, meaning offer date five days away. You can't bring me an offer till this time on this day. Now we're shifting a little bit more to offer date five days from now, we will accept a preemptive offer, like a bully offer. And that's really where we're, we're teetering now. But if you don't keep an eye on the market every single day, you don't know if you should be just doing a regular listing and no conveyance or whether you, you should be an offer date with, um, with preemptive offers. So you really have to keep an eye on the market because every Tuesday meeting, I find that the message changes. You know, like this yeah. Tuesday meeting, I'm going to say to my team, no conveyance might not be the way to go. Yeah. Preemptive might be the way to go. You know, and it just changes. It's like last year we talked about the word I used all the time was fluid. It's a fluid market. And if you don't keep your pace on it, I don't know how someone does this part time, put it that way. If you don't keep your pace, yeah. uh, keep your eye on, on what's happening in the market, you're, you've lost the market. I always wondered what no conveyance meant. Yeah. So no conveyance means like, listen, if we, if we have a, yeah, <laughs> I see too many agents out there that say offer date at this time, no conveyance of offers. But we're open to preemptives. No, yeah, so it's one, it's one or the other, right? It's one or the other. A no conveyance means, let's say we list your house at 700 and I have a no conveyance till Tuesday at five o'clock and someone calls me and says, I have a $1.4 million offer for you. I can't even tell you as a seller. I'm like, sorry, I can't accept it. Yeah. Offer, date, offer date is at this time, you know? So that's why you have to be careful because sometimes if you get a preemptive, you're going to get that awesome offer. Sometimes you do no conveyance. And we saw a lot of times last week that no conveyance date went by and they had to take the no conveyance off and then accept offers regularly. So you just have to keep an eye on what's going on in the market and what language you need, need to use, plus what strategy this, you need to use. In this market, isn't it, isn't it so exciting enough that you don't need to put that in? I mean, when you're, there's so few listings that you're going to generate interest no matter what you do, aren't you? Yeah, you are. But here's no conveyance. When you're getting tons of offers, sometimes no conveyance. Let's say you got five, six, seven, 10, 12 listings on the go and you're trying to balance, you know, all these offers coming in, all these showings coming in. Sometimes no conveyance is easy because you know, okay, Tuesday at five o'clock is when I'm going to deal with this house. Yeah. Wednesday at six o'clock is when I'm going to deal with this house. So it just makes it a little bit easier for the listing agent, you know, in a, in a crazy market because you could have all these listings and you can have a, you're, you'll accept preemptive offers and you could be getting offers coming in left, right, and center. And you're like, oh my God, how do I handle all these offers? It's not easy. It really isn't easy when you're carrying a lot of listings and when you're trying to manage a lot of showings and a lot of offers. Does it help that? But at some point, you're going to lose, you're going to lose some buyers, right? You're going to lose some buyers on, on the no conveyance because. You know, they're going to find something else that doesn't have an no conveyance and you're going to lose somebody, you know, if they have to wait till Friday, they might find something on the Wednesday. So it's uh, it's a balancing act. I, I agree with you, Paul. It's it's fluid. It's just a fluid market right now. You have to be able to adapt on a dime. Otherwise, you're going to be left behind. Whether you're a vendor or a buyer, it doesn't matter. You have to be able to adapt. 
So whenever we list a property, we always send an email out to the team to let them team know what we've listed and what's coming up and stuff like that. And a, a number of times we'll get a, a, an email from the team saying, just listed 123 ABC Street, uh, listing price 849, but that might change by the time we go to market. So it's like, it could change. I mean, let's say the neighbor sells the exact same house and sells for 950. Now what do you do? Yeah. You're going on at 850. What are you going to do? You're going on at 950. So you just have to keep an eye on the market. Um, and, you know, by the time we take a listing, we usually take about four or five days to prep it and do our marketing and get everything prepared, get a professional photographer through the door. So we have that time period. In that time period, anything else that sells could shift and change the market. So we've got to keep an eye on what's happening with your home um, to, to make sure we give you the best advice and get the best price out there for you. How important is it to have a team behind you when you get so many multiple offers at once? Do you rely on the team in that scenario? Listen, real, real estate has always been a, a team sport, um, and I believe it's even stronger team support now. Um, Trying to do this alone, I have no idea how agents do this alone. Uh, you need that team. I mean, mainly because our sole job is to get a buyer through the door for you, get your top dollar, negotiate. Uh, if you're spending time on signs and lockboxes and you know advertising and marketing and websites and all this, how are you out there trying to find buyers? How are you out there trying to get your home sold for most amount of money? You just can't do it. You can't juggle everything. And that's why, you know, with my team, I've, I've taken all that away from my agents. I just allow my agents to go out and sell homes and help people buy and sell properties. I'm not worrying about all the minutiae that they have to do in the back office. So yeah. uh, it's, it, you need a team. You definitely need a team. Frank, how much do you need uh, down payment in order to get a 30-year amortization? You need 20% down for you to get a 30-year amortization. At 20% down, uh, you can get a 30. And if you go with an alternate lender, there's, a, there's alternate lenders out there that are offering 35-year amortizations as well. So... Again, for some clients, uh, you know, everybody focuses on the interest rate when it comes to your mortgage. But for there's a there's a larger group of clients now that they want to know what their monthly payment is, and they're willing to pay a half percent more uh, on their mortgage if it means that they can go to a 35 year amortization and reduce their payments by two or three hundred dollars a month because that's more important to them. Just like we get clients that are willing to pay a penalty, get out of a lower interest rate mortgage. Because they're sitting on forty, fifty thousand dollars of unsecured debt that's costing them a lot more money on the interest side, but but even more important, it's costing them a lot more on the monthly payment side, and that's the part that they that creates their stress. So um, everybody's different. I mean, there is no right or wrong. Uh, you know, everybody's circumstances are unique, and I think it's important for the customer to get what they're looking for and they'll make a sacrifice. Like I said, they'll sacrifice a half a percentage point if it means having a more comfortable payment that allows them to sleep at nighttime and not stress. Is that what that five years works out to on an average mortgage, two, three hundred bucks a month? Could be. I mean, it all depends on the amount of the mortgage. It all depends on the interest rate. It all depends on where you're at. But, you know, somebody that's sitting out there with a car loan payment of 750 bucks and you know, a couple of lines of credits with balances on them and a credit card and maybe a student loan, and they're putting out $1,400 a month, and that's creating all their stress. And the reason they have credit card debt and line of credit debt is because they can't meet their month-to-month, like their budget is off. So for them, in a lot of cases, it makes sense to be able to put everything together because of all the equity that's been built over the last two years with the property values it makes sense, even if it means they have to pay a bigger penalty. Maybe they have to go up a half percentage point on their mortgage. But now their payment goes down in half, gets cut in half, and they're able to breathe again. And I think that's more important. I, yeah. You know, if anything has taught us these last two years, 
anything can happen. So let's, you know, let's live life. Let's, let's make sure, uh, you know, we take everything we can out of every day that we're here. Mortgage penalties got to be getting smaller now as rates go up. What's interesting is that we've seen that the, the uh, discounted rates or the, the contract rates go up tremendously. I'm impressed that none of the banks have raised their posted rates. So again, the posted rates today, <laughs> yeah. I know, shh, the posted rates today are the same as they were a year ago, yet the interest rates for five-year fixed are as high as one and a half to two percentage points more. So, so now if you're going to a bank, and I was looking at some of the banks this week, you know, a lot of the banks are still at 4.79% for their five-year posted, and you're getting 3.5% maybe, let's say. So now all of a sudden, your discount's only 1.3. So breaking your mortgage, if, you know, if you're, if you're forced to have to take a mortgage now and the R word happens that rates start to come down, uh, you'll probably be in a good position to be able to break out of the higher rate mortgage and get into a lower rate mortgage at a penalty that's more reasonable than it's been in years. Is it, is it worth taking a look at getting out of your mortgage and renegotiating and paying out that bad debt now, even if you're going to pay a little bit more? Well, again, it, it, it's a case-by-case basis. I mean, for some people, 100% worth it. doesn't matter. They're paying more. More interest doesn't matter because their lifestyle has been compromised because of all these other payments, and they're miserable. They're not happy. They're staying up at nighttime. They're stressed. So it makes more sense to do it because that's what they're looking for. For other people, if it's all dollars and cents, it may not be worth it because as long as you're still comfortable and some of them will say it doesn't matter, it just I, I just won't do it. And that's okay too. That's why I say it's a case-by-case basis. Yeah, but with not the, everybody with, needs the same with, thing. With the extra interest you're paying, couldn't you pay down the principal that much quicker and still you'd have depends. more? Depends. Listen, it depends. I mean, with some banks, you know, you, you call a bank and the penalty is $20,000 and you have two years left. You'll never make up that $20,000. It just doesn't make financial sense. But some people still do it because it's not about it making financial sense. It's about them enjoying a lifestyle that they want over the next two years, and they're stressed out based yeah. on, uh, on where they're at. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the show with Frank DiPolitano and Paul Rushforth. This is Steve Gregory. All right, Paul, two words now. Spring tomorrow, two words come to mind. Street appeal. Time to clean up, right? Oh, yeah. This is always a tough time. Like, you know, first of all, this is where we make sure your foundations are okay because when snow's melting and the spring comes, you don't want any leaks. So, Make sure you check in your basement. Uh, and the other thing too is, yeah, like we're probably, I don't know, what do you think about five, six days away from having no snow around here? Oh, less than and that. Less than that. You think? Yeah. Well, I mean, grass looks terrible. Gardens look terrible. So if you're selling your house, I mean, I'm not saying go put flowers in because it's too early, but clean it up. Clean it up. The curb appeal is super, super important. Uh, go get some fake fake uh, pots and plants for the outside if you want. Just make sure the curb appeal is, is, is tickety-boo because if you, you want someone to look inside your house, the first first view is the outside of your house. So make sure yeah. that looks great if you want to get people through the door. But clean, right? Like take a pressure washer, get rid of any salt stains that are there, that kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, salt stains for sure. Uh, but the, the main thing is if you didn't uh, cut some of your flowers back, 
before the, the winter time. Like if you didn't do it in the fall, you got to do it right away. So make sure you're doing that. Make sure your house looks neat and tidy. Get rid, and of, then the things wet, like, get rid of the wet leaves that you forgot to take care of. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of all that stuff. And, and then inside, some of the little things you can do inside would just be declutter, clean, smell, paint and light fixtures. Those are some of the best things you can do. I mean, the, the, the biggest thing is clean and declutter, clean and declutter, make baseboards, make sure they're clean. Just make sure that your home is show ready. I mean, I monitor all the feedback on my, uh, on my listings and I, sometimes I'll see feedback like, yeah, the home was dirty or the home was this. And you can't have that. If you're selling your house, you should never have someone walking through your house saying it was dirty ever. It has to be clean when you're showing your house, but you're right, Steve curb appeal especially this time of year is super, super important. If you want someone to look in, they have to, you have to shine right off the bat. And how many lemons should you have on the kitchen table? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? There's little tips. There's little tips that we give you when you're trying to sell your house, even something as little as baking, you know, baking. So that smells through your house, like whether it's chocolate chip cookies, whether it's cinnamon, whatever it is, just, you know, when you're walking through someone's house and the first thing you smell is something really appealing you're already in that good mood. You're, you're focused on your showing and it's, it's just a, it's something you need to do. So staging, um, smell, things like that is super, super important. So, so how often do you have to be outside of your homes before you sell them, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Very true. Get the fumigator. Get the fumigator. <laughs> yeah. Paul's been here. Paul's been here. <laughs> I see you miss me, Steve. That's I do, awesome. I do. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe next week you guys will be back and we can actually insult each other in person for a change. Oh, that'd be <laughs> so nice. That'd be so <laughs> Frank, I hope you can find your wallet for, for finally <laughs> like, and, and dust off some of those cobwebs. <laughs> hey, Frank, so do you think do you think, we, do you think we might be in the studio next week? I'm hoping we are. I don't see why we wouldn't be, but I don't set the policy around here. <laughs> yeah, when you walk through the studio, are you masked? Do you have to mask? Yeah, I, I mask till I get in here, but. Okay. Who knows what it's going to be next week, you know. And mainly I mask because I don't want to scare people. <laughs> yeah. Sure. You do look better with the mask. I do. So true. I do. Yeah. I haven't Steve, I haven't shaved in 2 years. <laughs> Steve hasn't brushed his teeth. Steve hasn't brushed his teeth in 2 years. <laughs> Frank, why so quiet on the media front as far as rates going up? Didn't read a thing about it this week. I think again it's it's very gradual like generally what happens is big changes get news and uh and listen there's other things that are happening in the world that's really taking up a lot of the media right now and uh again I can't believe we're in 2022 and we're watching one country bomb another it just okay. it, it, to me it just it's scary but um but I think that that's taking up a lot of the news media and obviously the the covid so I just think that it just gets a backseat and uh, you know, I think inflation's at, at one of the top stories, but it just, again, the banks have been methodically, very quietly raising their rates in small increments so that they don't get any headlines whatsoever. Is it worth renegotiating a mortgage, do you think? Are, you, are rates going to go up next week, the week after that, if you're close, if you're within four or five months? We're trending upwards. So I think if you're anything within six months or a year and you're really nervous about rates continuing to go up, then you might want to revisit it now and 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 maybe get ahead of it, even if it means that there might be a small penalty to do it, which which sounds crazy. For a lot of customers, it's like, well, wait a second. So I'm at 2.89, I got a year left. And if I renew now, my bank's offering me three and a half. So I'm gonna pay a penalty, plus I'm gonna go for from 2.89 to three and a half for the next year. So I'm paying even more interest. That really doesn't make financial sense. And the answer, you know, just just looking at it, you know, straight up, no, it doesn't make sense. But 
you have to, if you're nervous that rates a year from now will be 4.5%, then it might be worth it for you to do it. But if rates are at 45 a year from now, then I would say to you, then you definitely want to go into a variable a year from now. And you don't put yourself in a position where you're going to be stuck with that high rate for the next five years. So what about right, people that really, you don't really believe we're going to be in the fours, do you? Well, I, I could have told you, you know, if you asked me a short three months ago, no way we'd be in the mid threes where yeah. we're at now. But again, I mean, I mean, the one thing that we have to now come to terms with is that everything that happens in the world impacts the bond market. So it's not, again, I mean, you know, inflation's where it is because of what's happening in Russia. This has nothing to do with Canada, but because oil prices have gone up, it, it, it feeds into food prices going up because food gets from wherever it is to the stores with fuel. So because fuel's gone up, food prices have gone up, and it just translates to everything else. So therefore, we have to, uh, you know, accept the fact that it doesn't matter if we're humming along because clearly you look at Stats Canada, our jobs are off the charts right now. Our unemployment's at the lowest it's been even pre-pandemic. So you would think that our economy is humming along, but the, uh, you know, under the surface, we're seeing inflation that's really impacting the average Canadian and therefore uh, we're seeing rates go up because of that. So yeah, could we hit the fours? It's possible, Paul. I mean, it really is because this is just uncharted waters that we're in again. Uh, just before we get Scary. to birthdays, anybody that got a pre-approval in the fall, should they get another one? They have no choice. I mean, I mean they have to requalify because now their rate has probably gone up anywhere between a half a percent to one full percentage point. So now they got to relook at their numbers to see whether they qualify. Uh, it's possible that their qualifying will be impacted too, like not just their payment, but you know, before we were well less than two percent between the contract rate and the qualifying rate, but now that gap is gone. So, you know, if you qualified at five and a quarter for a certain amount, and now you're getting a five-year mortgage and that rate is, you know, 3.39, now you have to qualify at 5.39. So that it, that could impact how much of a mortgage you can get as well. Good question for your agency, Paul. When did you qualify? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So if we are in the studio next week, Frank, are you going to wear your wife's sweater like you're wearing today? Uh, it, it is a, I'm still honoring St. Patty's Day, and I know on Zoom you can't see it, but it's a green sweater. Very it's, nice. It's it's your, like green you sweater. know it's your wife's. We know it's your wife's. I like, right. Yeah, okay. I like, I like the lace. Yes, yeah. the lace. You know what? You should wear, wear them with your capris again. You know what, Paul? Paul, you got the same lace coming off of yours. That's why it's funny that you're mocking mine. When... Birthdays, Frank. Uh, I've got... Uh, uh, what what I have five birthdays. Uh, Melissa Doxy from our office. Happy birthday to Melissa. Robert Borden and D- Darren Keck, our good friend Darren Keck, celebrating his birthday this week. Um, my uh, uh, Carla celebrating her birthday. Uh, Alfio the King, the Drywall King's wife, Carla, our good friend, celebrating her birthday. And the, and the one that's most important for me, my dad, ninety years old on Monday. Nice. Big ninety awesome. for my dad who Big fought. 90. Yes. Colon cancer in January, had surgery, and you wouldn't even know it by looking at him. He's just moving around just like normal uh, Superman in my world. So my dad's celebrating 90. And just, again, supporting local businesses and charities. Villa Marconi today is having their uh, drive to raise money because they do need a new roof. So uh want to get a word out. If you can help Villa Marconi, that'd be awesome. It's amazing how long you can live when you don't wear your wife's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, anything? No, I All have right. nothing other other than support local everyone. Yep. Paul, yeah, you sure you sure it's not one of your kids' birthdays, Paul? 
Paul at paulrushworth.com, Frank N at mortgagebrokersottawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great weekend, everyone.